Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's check in with Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Now, I realize, Kevin, that um, Trevin uh, Brazil is not a five-star recruit coming in as a freshman, but this young man may be one of the missing pieces, and that is this guy is a rim protector, a shot blocker, and I do believe his best days are ahead of him as an offensive player. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a guy that really I, I considered his breakout game last year to be when Missouri upset Alabama. At the time, Alabama was 15th ranked. They beat him at home, and it was a high-scoring game. I think Missouri scored 92 points in that game. But, you know, he had a good game that night, nine points, seven rebounds, three blocks, three assists. So he was doing a little bit of everything. And then the next game, Arkansas played Missouri um, at home when Arkansas had been in a funk, and Arkansas blew him out. But uh, by 44 points, and you know, in a couple of games against Arkansas, yeah, he got eight rebounds in each game, uh, five and a half points. But you mentioned it—the the, the rebounding and rim protecting. When you look at his per 40-minute numbers, I mean, he's a guy that played 21 and a half minutes a game. So when you extrapolate that out, nine and a half rebounds and 3.6 blocks. Uh, he's got really good length, what six nine, two fifteen, quick off the floor. He's a guy that will come out of his area to get a rebound or a block shot so it doesn't have to be right in front of him. Uh, so he, he is light off his feet to, to, to make plays a little bit out of his area. Uh, and the other thing, Randy, that if you look at it, he wasn't a volume shooter from three, but he did take 33 three-point attempts. That was more than one, you know, that was over one per game. And he made 11, so 33%. And when you look at what Eric Melsman does, he likes to use his big men, and, you know, away from the basket and pick and roll and pick and pop. And if you've got at least a competent three-point shooter in your big man, you, you, it helps you in both pick and roll and pick and pop. So if the big man screens and pops, he's a threat to shoot off a pass. And then to, to, if he can shoot a little bit, then defenders are not as sure that he's going to roll the basket every time. So it helps his pick and roll as well. It's harder to defend. So here's a guy that might help Arkansas in many ways. Now, the interesting thing is Eric Mosman's already got a, a six-player freshman class. We know that that front line, we've talked about it so much, needed depth and quality depth. I think this young man brings it. <laughs> Excuse me, but we also know Mosman likes veteran players, and it's sometimes slow to work younger guys into the rotation. And so it'll be interesting to see with so many young players in that freshman class bringing in a guy that's effectively played a freshman season on a team that wasn't very good, you know, how, how much acclimation will there need to be for him to get an opportunity? We also don't know if Jalen Williams is going to be back. We don't know about Connor Vanover and some of the other front-line question marks. But we did already know a couple of things. Arkansas was thin on that front line. This helps. And we also know Mussman keeps a tight rotation, doesn't necessarily play young, young guys, early on the only other example we have is of a freshman transferring in uh and and having immediate eligibility was jackson robinson now there was a lot of lot more players his size and backcourt players that he he didn't really have a a role in the rotation but it'd be interesting to see what mr brazil does at arkansas in year one a player that is not and we're talking about you mentioned the signees 
now six of them. Well, actually, Anthony Black is not signed yet. Uh, but Barry Dunning, Jr., this is a young man that we rarely ever talk about. But, Kevin, his accolades are beginning to pile up. He is the two-time Gatorade Alabama Player of the Year, and then he has been most recently named as the state of Alabama's 40th Mr. Basketball by the Alabama Sports Writer Association. Now, the good thing, if you want to say good thing, he certainly finished with the bang uh, in his high school career at McGill High School there in Mobile. He averaged 25 points, 25 rebounds, and a a regional semifinal win over Benjamin Russell. 27 points, 18 rebounds in the regional final against rival Spanish Fort. Then 25 points, 18 rebounds, three steals, and a 62-58 loss to Huffman in the state semifinals. He is playing, as he's leaving the high school ranks, at an extreme high level. Yeah, and, and you're, you've got, you know, I like his defensive versatility, what, what, I, what I've seen of him. I think he'll be able to defend multiple positions. He's a slasher. He's working on his ball skill and, and you know, his, his ability to face up and knock down shots is emerging. I think that's still a work in progress. But you look at the numbers and you look at the accolades, uh, here's a guy that goes out every night and puts up numbers. You know, a comparison, not necessarily the, the style of play or size, would be Darian Ford, two-time Gatorade player of the year in Arkansas, won three titles in his four years playing, um, and, you know, was just a winner, a guy that went out and put up numbers, went out and, and you know, won basketball games. And so I think – both of those guys have been under the radar when you're always talking when we're always really talking about these five stars, especially this time of year because of the McDonald's game and some of these other game, all-star games and events going on. Sometimes we lose sight of just how good. I mean, this class six deep, all of those players are in the ESPN's top 100. So it's opinion, you know. So uh, every one of these guys, it's going to be interesting again because I keep talking about what Nusselman does, uh, you know. I don't expect all six to have a heavy hand in what Arkansas does next year, maybe two or three. But it'll be interesting to, to follow the progress and the development of every one of these guys because we're even if it's only two or three freshmen, you cannot rule out a Barry Dunning, a, a Darian Ford, or a Joseph Pinion from being one of those because we don't know how each guy's going to translate immediately. You know, and uh, it could be one of those guys breaks through. And you know, when I look at that class, Randy. Um, it's the best class in Arkansas history when you look at it on paper. But when I put eyes to these players and actually watch watch what they do, it's certainly up there, and it's not a paper tiger. I mean, these guys are really good basketball players. Um, and I think, you know, just watching the McDonald's game and following the progress of the weekend. Uh, even today, Jordan Walsh, by the way, oh. is playing the Geico National uh, Championship Monster Tournament. Game. Top, top eight teams in the country. He leads Link Academy to four seed over the five seed Oak Hill with 23 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, a block and a steal, and he shot them a nine of ten from the field, a lot of finishes above the rim. But he was doing it all. I mean, getting rebounds, going coast to coast, just blowing through people. He moves up and down the floor. He reminds me of Derek Hood in the way that he gets end-to-end and plays above the rim. Now, he's still a work in progress with his handles, but he's a much better handler than Derek Hood was. Um, but but they get up and down similarly, and they're about the same size, six seven. I think Hood they listed six eight. He was really about six seven, but 
length, plays above the rim, and he's got a high IQ game as well. Again, I think he knocked down a three today. I think just working on his ball handling is the biggest thing for the next level. Obviously, all of these guys need to add strength, but monster game for Jordan Walsh today. Uh, the one play that he made as he drove the length of the floor, he was bumped, he's falling down, and he throws the ball off the backboard. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a three-point opportunity, but the athleticism that he showed in his, his eyes never wavered from the rim. That was what was so impressive yeah. is that he not only was going down, but he didn't lose sight of the rim in the process and was able to convert. Uh, didn't cash it in at the line, but uh, to complete the three-point play. But several of those would have made and may end up making uh, ESPN's top ten plays of the night. Some of those dunks that he was making, combine that with with uh, that that one particular play there. But uh, boy, watching his athleticism the other night at that uh, slam dunk competition in Chicago, then combine that with. This was in five-on-five play, obviously, at the Geico National Championship. And, man, did he uh, – he caught he caught my eye today without any question. Uh, let's talk to Tim. Hey. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Tim, good hey, afternoon. Hey, Randy. How y'all doing? Hey, doing good, good buddy. Thank you. Um, I have to agree with Stan. Something needs to be done for Nolan Richardson like that. Yeah. Okay, that's enough of that. Okay. Uh, but I disagree with him on the – they, they'll win another championship under Coach Mudd. Hope so. Yeah, I, I think they will. Because I mean, I mean, Coach Mudd. I mean, at the first of the season, I didn't think they were going to get anywhere. Hmm. You, you but, weren't alone uh, in those feelings. Yeah, because I mean, it was kind of scary there at first. Absolutely. But uh, look what look what happened. Well, at least let's, let's think about this. Nolan Richardson's team. Won the national championship in Nolan's ninth year. Ninth year. Mm-hmm. Okay, but before that, they did get to the Final Four in 1990, and uh, they got to the Elite Eight in 1991. They got to the Sweet 16 in 1993. So as you as you consider that the process or the or the progress they made leading up to '94. Musselman's actually ahead of that with two elite eights in his first three yeah. years. So and, and, you know, that doesn't mean he's going to win a national championship, but it, it's not like it's supposed to happen in your first three or four years as a coach. No, huh? No, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting next year. I think I think we'll have a, a lot better team. More talented, that's for sure. That's for sure, yeah. This team had talent. And, uh, that's, that's, that one will have more. Yeah. And uh, and, I, and I agree with you. We need size. Because I, I think we're, our little guys were getting stomped up there when they were well, flinging those balls back away from them. Hey, that's where the transfer from Missouri. He's 6'9", but he plays taller than that. that that's, that's, a big, yeah. that's a big get right there. You bet. And, Kevin, I listen to you a lot, too, and uh, – Y'all are doing a great job. I, 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 you know, I, I look forward to this day every day. Thank you. Very good. You can go so, ahead and uh, send him the check that you've been holding out on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I'll let you guys go and uh, continue listening to you because I love it. All right. Thank you, Tim. 
So, Kevin, and, and you might need the break to consider this, but I brought this up briefly the other day. We're talking about the six signees. You don't expect them all to make impacts next year. Okay, you got Chance Moore, the only freshman on the team this year, the scholarship. He's a four-star. He leaves because he doesn't get to play. Do you think that next year, let's say if the three five-stars all play and the others don't play much, but they're all gone the final year, that uh, the second year, that Musselman might have a chance to keep these four stars, knowing that, hey, your playing time is coming as sophomores, which used to be the norm years ago. Anyway, contemplate that, and you can address it when we get back. <laughs> all right, hang on, Kevin. we got to take the break. That's Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in a moment. You're safe at home with Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater, again joined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. And if you would, Rick, would you refresh your question for Kevin? Yeah, sure. Okay, so there's six freshmen coming in. Kevin has pointed out that not all of them are going to contribute next year. We've seen a pattern of players coming in. If they don't play, they transfer. Chance Moore is the latest example of that. Four-star, freshman, didn't play, he's leaving. Okay, let's say these three five-stars come in and they dominate the playing time among the freshmen because there are obviously some veterans back and you're going to get a transfer in, maybe another. So let's say the other three don't play that much, but the three five-stars are all gone to the NBA after their first year. Would that signal that maybe these guys could be patient? You know, it used to be you didn't play much until you were a sophomore junior. This is many years ago. Would they be patient enough to say, hey, my time is coming next year, not this year? I think that I, I think it depends on more than just what they're seeing with the with the more highly decorated guys ahead of them. Players now, especially freshmen and young players, are looking over their shoulder at who the coaches are bringing in now in the spring out of that portal because it's affecting everybody, guys. That portal is affecting high school seniors this time of year because coaches are spending a lot of time in the portal. They're not recruiting who's left over that didn't sign early. That goes to players on your bench that are young. They're not just looking at guys in their own class that are getting playing time ahead of them. Maybe they'll be one and done. You're right. Maybe that gives them opportunities. But they're also looking at who's the coach bringing in the portal, guys with two, three years Division mm-hmm. One experience. I mean, we look at a guy like K.K. Robinson, a top 40 player yeah. in the country, yeah. who didn't get off the bench really this year. Why? Because there was a, a, a senior grad transfer that, you know, for whatever reason was getting minutes and heavy minutes at times this year. I still haven't figured that out, but I'm not going to drill down too much on it because the team went to back, went to another Elite Eight and had an outstanding season. Uh, but I always felt like Arkansas's top eight rotation, if you want to go call it an eight rotation, would have been a little bit better with K.K. Robinson in it than maybe some other decisions that were made. Uh, but it played out the way it did. So I think for any young players, they got to not only be looking at guys in their own class on the roster that might be a little bit ahead of them, but but when players move on and veteran players move on, they're being replaced by other veteran players to the portal. So I think that continues to perpetuate the transfer issue. That's why you see so many guys getting in. It's a multitude of things. So the, the premise is still the same, though. You can still have success by sticking things out. Players don't do it as much now, but, it, it, you know, to me, you can still have success by doing that. I don't blame Chance Moore for leaving from things that I heard about, you know, just how, you know, maybe that wasn't a good fit in the program period, regardless of his improvement as an individual player. And I'm not laying that all on him and saying there was something wrong with him. 
I'm just saying based on what I heard, that wasn't a great fit to begin with, so I understand him moving on. Uh, but for other guys, will they be patient if they're not playing right away into this next class? We'll find out. Interesting. All right, uh, let's check in with Steve. Steve, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Hoop Scoop? Yeah, uh, Randy, uh, you know what Darian Ford was known here in Magnolia? A winner. Well, he was known as our Mariano Rivera because he was our closer. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's good. So, I mean, I thought that paid him real high accolades. Saying, you know, putting him in the same sentence as Mariano Rivera. That's high company. And a hoop scoop? Yeah. What about the 6'11 kid at Utah Valley? What's the I'm latest on him? I'm glad you asked about him. <laughs> oh, that, that must be good then. He, Arkansas went to see him earlier in the week. What did it say? Thursday? I think they went out Tuesday. Thank you, Steve. Tuesday to, thank you, sir. Fard, and I'm going to butcher his name. Fardos Amake is how I pronounce it. It might be a mock. Um, and I'm not sure I've got his first name right, but he's 6'11", junior. Um, and, you know, the last two years, I mean, he's been the defensive player of the year in the Western Athletic Conference playing at Utah Valley. He was the player of the year in that conference two years ago. Um, and a guy that's Kentucky's after him. He's going to enter the NBA draft pool, by the way. And, and, and test the waters, but he loves Arkansas, and he met with Arkansas staffers just a couple of days ago. They flew out to see him. I, I guess technically it's called an in-home visit. Um, but when they're, you know, but when you when you're starting to have continued communication with the staff, and then at some point, folks are taking visits, where it's the pl- whether it's the player coming on campus, which by the way Brazil did. He took an unofficial visit right before committing, but he was pretty close, right? Uh, this young man being out in Utah, Arkansas, him. But anytime you've got that kind of interest as it moves forward and taking visits, either 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 the player coming in or the coach is going out, that tells you that that, that uh, you know things are getting serious. And this player's told me he's you know he's going to go through the draft process, but he really likes Arkansas. It's among his favorites. I mentioned Kentucky. There's a lot of high majors that are after this guy. He's a, a double double machine. Uh, averaged over 13 rebounds and 18 points a game. Two years ago, he averaged 15 rebounds to lead D1. Uh, and he's got soft skills. You know, he can shoot a little bit from three. He really improved from there in his most recent season. Um, and I just think he's a guy that Arkansas is going to continue to keep tabs on, especially with, if he's going through the draft process. Does Jalen Williams go through the draft process? i got to believe he's going to. So you're hoping – you know, you're you're hoping Jalen Williams comes back, but you're also hoping maybe you can get this guy. And, you know, you're hoping that if, if one of them stays in the draft, that you can get the other one. Okay, I'm doing – I'm trying to multitask because I'm getting some um, both text requests and live in feedback. So let's just do this one. From our uh, Asher Record Service Company live in feedback, Doc Hogg, Doc Hogg, Says, would you please ask Kevin some insight on what's going on behind the scenes between the current players and the NIL decisions, whether to stay or go? Who is involved at the university? Yeah. How does it work? Yeah, so I have nothing on the record. I've just got some stuff I've heard, nothing that I've been able to confirm, so I can't really speak to it like it's true. I just know, I'll give an example. J.D. Note, I understand he's got some pretty sweet 
NIL stuff going on. I can't confirm it. I haven't been able to confirm it, but I believe what I've been told. And so if that's the case, just in the, as an example, J.D. Note, people are wondering, is he staying? Is he going? But because of NIL, and if you've got good deals, it's an enticement to stay. Because people that, that are these players want to make money, they want to play at the pro level, but a big part of that is sometimes they need the money. Or even if they don't, they still want to move on and become professionals because it's a small window to make maybe better money than they think than most people are going to make, you know, in a regular job, in a career. So I understand that. But NIL changes the complexion of it, especially some of these sweeter deals. And I understand J.D. Notay's not doing too bad. If that's true, that's another reason for him maybe to consider staying if that's what he wants to do. It's kind of along the lines that uh, we have heard, actually, um, in the same vein in regards to being kind of the – Maybe the ultimate determining factor, unless he could be a high second-round pick. Uh, and in fact, most of the uh, mock drafts I've seen so far, only one has even had him being drafted. And that's like at number 49. So, depending upon his NIL deal, it may be, from a financial standpoint, better to stay one more year at the University of Arkansas. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Poop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Man, not again. You need-